welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina and I'm your host. Super excited to be here again this week. Thank you if you have subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher. It means a lot to me when you do that. If you haven't left a rating or a review on iTunes yet, please do. If you have, thank you. You're the best. I love reading them. You guys are so sweet. And I love this community we've made. You should totally join the Actually Adultish Podcast Nation Facebook group if you haven't because we're all friends. We talk about fun things. It's just a great time. So this week, I'm beyond excited about my guest. I have the incredible Jessica Sapel on this week. And if you're not familiar with Jessica, she's a nutritionist from Australia and she is an author. She's written two incredible books, The Healthy Life and Living the Healthy Life. And she also has an eight-week program, the JS Health Program, that you could get on her website, jessicasapel.com. She is so knowledgeable when it comes to nutrition and all things health and wellness. We truly talk about everything under the sun in this episode. We talk about balancing your hormones, reducing your cortisol levels, making sure you have a healthy gut flora, how to heal your relationship with food, all of that. So a lot of good stuff. She's just incredibly inspiring. She's somebody who influences me a lot. I really admire her approach. I admire her work. I love visiting her website and reading her books, and I just really love the work she's doing, and I wish she was in Los Angeles all the time, but she's visiting right now, and so I asked her if she would come, and she so graciously came to my apartment and recorded a podcast with me. I'm still in disbelief. She has an incredible aura, and just being around her made me so happy, and we had an amazing conversation, and I think that it's just incredible to meet people who really do make real change in the world and do make a real difference. And she's one of those people who really, really positively impacts people's lives. And it's just inspiring. And I really love her, not only for her work, but just as a person. She's a genuine good person. And I love that. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this. I hope that It helps you and inspires you, and you should definitely look into her programs if you haven't already, but we'll get into that in the interview. Hello, guys. I'm so excited because I'm sitting here with Jessica Sapel. Say hello. Hi. So good to be here, and so good to meet you. Yes. It's crazy that you're here in Los Angeles. I know. It's like, but it's, everyone knows it's kind of my favorite city in the world. Yeah. Wait, so. Sydney and LA. (laughs) when, When was the last time you were here? About a few months ago, probably eight, maybe nine, ten months ago. Okay. I kind of I was living here last year, actually creating the second book. So it's actually a really oh. sentimental place for me because oh the second book, which is Living the Healthy Life, was actually written in Los Angeles. In my, you know, we were renting a house here, and I wrote it there, and I created all of the recipes in my kitchen in a, in LA. No way. Yeah. So it's so it's so special for oh me to be back. Oh my gosh. Wait. So how long were you here, here for? for? Like yeah. two and a half months. And you re- did you write the whole book? In two well, and a half I had you know I had started it. I mean, the book took me like six months to six to twelve months to create but yeah. I in terms of the bulk of the content and the recipes all mostly in LA that's amazing when was the first time you ever came to LA long time ago I I fell in love with LA probably t- oh well before I even met my husband like 10 years ago oh my I gosh. came here with my family I just finished school and I just remember feeling this 
a huge amount of like energy in the city. I mm-hmm. think LA has just an amazing pulse, an amazing positive energy. I think the people are really open and there's kind of a spiritual awakening happening here. I mean, yeah. obviously there is the other side of LA, the unhealthy side, but the people who are really willing and ready to embrace the healthy life are taking it to the next level. You know, yeah. there's just on every corner now there is... A, st- a station for a healthy person. Absolutely. I And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is how the health scene here compares to in Australia. Just bigger and better. Oh, really? Like everyone would think that Sydney is like this amazing healthy city, but it's actually really small and it is healthy. Uh-huh. But in terms of the access that you guys have to healthy food, healthy yeah. cafes, yoga studios, you can just think it's like we have a real miniature version. Of course, it's, it's really up and coming. And yeah. I'm so proud of everyone there who's setting up um, these healthy places. But the truth is, L.A. is the Interesting. place. Interesting. Yeah, LA I'm so curious about that. Have you been to New York? Yes. So that's also, I mean, okay. so, I mean, you guys just take everything to the next level. Yeah, we're extremists over here. <laughs> so Sydney's really up and coming, but it's much smaller. Yeah. Interesting. I need to go there someday. Please, come visit. Okay, well, let's just back up for a second. Why don't you tell maybe people who aren't familiar with you Mm -hmm. like to say a little bit about yourself yeah so I'm a nutritionist I'm a clinical nutritionist that's what I love most and what I'm most proud of I studied health and nutrition for five years and I was actually just studying um I had my own really personal journey I was a really bad fat dieter Mm -hmm. had a very complicated relationship with food disordered eating um lots of fear and anxiety around food and I was you know 13 14 really young and I just um, was really drowning in low self-esteem and had really negative body image. And then after school, I went off to study health and nutrition. Obviously, I wanted to learn more about the body and especially having struggled so much with my body and food, I wanted to know more about it. So I started studying. And in my fourth year of study, I started blogging about my journey because through my studies, I was starting to transition from this bad dieter to becoming much more of a whole food mindful eater. I really was learning about food and the body kind of helped me heal my relationship with my body and on the I was studying but I was also doing a lot of self-work on the side I was in therapy Mm -hmm. trying to heal my relationship with food at the same time as studying about food and the body so I was kind of getting both yeah and I started a blog about my this transition from being this fad dieter to this whole food mindful eater and how much better I was feeling you know eating with balance giving up dieting stopping so fixated on my weight Mm. I was really just willing to be honest about this transition and I couldn't believe how many people resonated with my story and I was also documenting the recipes that I was discovering that were making me feel so well because for so many years I was so afraid of fats and carbohydrates and all foods pretty much and then when I started studying nutrition and the importance of all these foods and how they heal your body Mm -hmm. and the importance of fats and the importance of carbs and the importance of um, you know a whole food diet and the importance of not being on a diet mm-hmm. um so i yeah so basically i started documenting this transition and people kind of latched onto the blog and that's how it kind of became a full-time business yeah there's so much to unpack there and i want to ask you more about your own journey if that's okay yeah, of course. so what do you think like was kind of the root of where this fad dieting started yeah, for well, you. It's really interesting because so many people ask me that and I can't really pinpoint it, but I immigrated from South Africa to Australia when I was 13. Wow, okay. So I think that was really disruptive because we often find, you know, food is just our way to control 
it often becomes a way to control yeah. painful situations. And mm-hmm. I think it was just a painful time for me moving countries, mm-hmm. having to get up, be in a new country, make new friends. It was a, just a disruptive time. And I obviously found control and comfort yeah. in the structure of dieting. It kind of brought me this false sense of control and confidence. Uh-huh. You know, I was a young teenage girl, you know, when you're a young teenage girl, it's not, it's really hard to have a great sense of self and a real strong self-esteem and really strong body confidence. And I, so that whole time kind of made it even lower, like yeah. lowered my confidence, lowered my body image, um, my positive body image. And so dieting became this way for me to control that pain. Yeah. So I think that's when it happened. It kind of gave me like being able to control my weight mm-hmm. made me feel like I could control my surroundings, made me feel like maybe I'd be more accepted in my new school. Yeah. Make me, you know, like it was quite um, appearance based, I guess. Yeah. Maybe if I was a thin girl, maybe I'd be more loved and appreciated. And looking back, I feel so sad for myself that that was how I felt. Mm-hmm. And that is why I'm on a mission to help all young girls really heal this relationship with their food and their bodies because you don't need to be perfect to be loved and appreciated and accepted. Yeah. Where were you getting sort of like your information at that time as such a young well, girl? Luckily, social media didn't exist. Uh-huh. I think that would have just made things so much yeah. worse. And that's why I'm so passionate about making sure my young girls are following people that actually inspire them, yeah. but don't give them the sense of, oh, I should be that. Yeah. Rather just a source of inspiration, not feeling pressured in any way to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So not so, so social media didn't exist. So I think it was literally just magazines. Wow. Like yeah. I remember picking up on, you know, those like trashy mags. Yeah. And like every week there was like a new diet. Mm-hmm. And also for some strange reason, it was quite trendy to see a dietitian at my age. Yeah. So I was like 15 and like some of my friends were seeing dietitians. So I would go see a dietitian and they would weigh me every week. They would control my calorie intake. Yeah. They would show me like, this is how you should eat. And if you want to lose weight, counting carbs, counting calories, counting every single thing. So when I started counting calories and started counting the food groups mm-hmm. and being weighed in every week, the pressure that came with that, yeah. I mean, that's just how it began. And I just remember go, like visiting, I talk about this in the second book, like, one time I visited the dietitian and I'd put on for 400 grams. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if you do, you guys do pounds. We do pounds, yeah. That's just literally, that's like, it Is could it just like, be water. Okay, okay. And she, she was like, I'm really disappointed. Like, oh I, I thought fo- you followed, like I gave you this, this meal plan. You obviously haven't followed it yeah. because you've put on 400 grams. And I was like, the amount, I remember like this, the disappointment in myself that I felt mm-hmm. was so intense that it made me even worse with my relationship with food. It made me think, oh my God, Jess, you are not good enough. You're not yeah. doing good enough. I felt like a failure. And so my relationship with food would just get worse and worse and worse. And my relationship with my weight would just become more harder and harder to control. It breaks my heart that people like dietitians are proliferating this issue. Yeah. Like, I think and that, not all of them, let's yeah, be clear. Yeah, like, no, absolutely not all. And then, some dietitians really, thank God, yeah. really do understand the importance of young girls who, like these, you know, a young girl who's 15, her um, self, you've got to be so careful because her sense of self is not there. It's not built yet. Yeah. And you can break that in a second. Yeah. You can break it in a second. So what you say to a young girl going through stuff is you've got to be so cautious. Yeah. And thank God some dietitians are aware of that, but some aren't. Yeah. I think that's what's scary is, I mean, 
that was my experience too when I started seeing dietitians to help with like with my stomach. Mm. I had lost so much weight and I was trying to gain weight. Yeah. And they were trying to give me these meal plans to tell me to count calories and I couldn't eat more than a thousand calories a day and I was just like and the the oh. counting is just so stressful and the truth is now having studied nutrition for so many years, you don't that doesn't make it doesn't even make sense yeah. because your metabolism and my metabolism are different. Mm-hmm. And how you burn food is not just about that it's about your hormones, about your gut bacteria. It's how your stomach acid is functioning. It's how you're absorbing your nutrients. Like you, counting calories is a real waste of time, and it really does just complicate it, complicate your relationship with food. Because I know so many people who are being so cautious with their calorie intake, but they're not even getting results because yeah. it's fight. If you're having struggles with your food and your weight, it's like so much. There's so much more to talk about than calories in and calories out. And as I as I say, like, as you just said, counting numbers around food is just not how it meant to be. And you don't, it doesn't need to be that way. The best part is there is another way. Yeah. There is really a better way. There is a balanced way to, and there is a way to achieve your results by not calorie, without calorie restriction. Yeah. And calorie restriction just brings so much stress and guilt to people, to mm-hmm. people's lives. It's not worth it. So was there a moment that that really like clicked for you personally realizing that? The moment was like in the last two years when I went off to, so I did a bachelor of health and then I did two years of nutritional medicine. I remember being in my lectures having these like little panic attacks because Mm -hmm. I was learning, okay, the importance of macronutrients and different vitamins. I was learning how important fats are for your hormones. I was Mm -hmm. learning the importance of less stress in your life and cortisol levels and mine were sky high. I was learning about the important, like your digestive, you know, your your gut bacteria. I was learning about um, how dangerous it can be to consume artificial sweeteners and too much coffee, which I was over consuming because <laughs> I was this fad dieter so yeah. I was living off black coffee and cans of tuna wow. and I was in my nutrition lectures learning about the import- the dangers of all those foods but yeah. then the importance of the foods that I had cut out mm-hmm. and I literally had panic attacks I remember going out to my lecturers like every day I was like am I going to be okay because I've been like consuming artificial sweeteners and diet coke and black coffee for like four years now yeah. Is am I going to be okay like I, I remember feeling really scared so that was my aha moment okay. I remember coming I actually remember there being a moment where I think I said to my mom, I would rather be overweight than be on one more diet. I mean, I agree with that completely. I was like, mom, I just, this is not how I want to live. Yeah. I'm having this, I had such a torturous relationship with myself and my body. There definitely was this like moment where I was like, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough of hating on myself, not feeling good enough, not feeling thin enough. I've had enough. Yeah. I don't care if I'm a few kilos overweight because by the, at that stage I was so weight obsessed. Yeah, you know the calorie, the kilos like really made they made on they made me feel like I was good enough or not good enough. Exactly. Ha- so my weight, def- I always say, my weight defined my self esteem. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just thinking, I've had enough. Yeah. I just don't. I don't want to be on one more diet. I, I don't think, care. I always think that's interesting. To kind of know like the moment when things yeah. switch for people. You know, it's hard because I feel like so many people have a complicated relationship with food and their bodies and so many. It's like how how do we help, you know? It's such a complicated thing and some people don't even realize that they have a complicated relationship with food yeah. number one. And number two, I don't feel like there is enough help and support as we were saying before the podcast began. Yeah. I don't think girls our age have enough support. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, yes, there's amazing nutritionists around. There's so many wellness bloggers right now, but why are there, there? I just don't feel like there's a community of people coming together. That's why, like, what I want to do in LA. Like, let's yeah. come together as girls, and maybe people who follow this podcast have some ideas, but yeah. let's come together, create a beautiful event as a beginning, and we can create, like, a, a support group. Yeah. Like, there's support groups for addiction Mm -hmm. why are there no support groups for people going through this torturous relationship with their bodies and food i agree completely but i think that i don't know i I think people still don't part of it is what you were saying before a lot of people don't realize that they have an issue because sometimes i'll be talking with my friends and the things they'll say i think in my head do you realize how disordered that was yeah but they genuinely don't realize it because it's been normalized to want to diet all the time Mm -hmm. and to always want to be thinner always want to be thinner and Mm -hmm. always want to be eating less and exercising more and Mm -hmm. people just and latching onto the net yeah the trendiest trend yeah and also i'm curious what you think you you mentioned before you know there's so many wellness bloggers do you see any problems with that too though because i feel like a lot of them are also putting out things that are extreme yeah yeah, I think that's why. Like, it's your responsibility to be following people that you think are preaching something balanced. Yeah. Because the moment you you identify an extreme, mm-hmm. it's it's your responsibility to unfollow that person. Or if that person's way of eating is bringing you a little bit of anxiety or pressure, mm-hmm. that is not a good sign. If that person is making you feel relieved and inspired and excited about the healthy life and food, yes. Yeah. Let them inspire you. But if there are people out there that you think, whoa, that's a bit extreme. That doesn't sound right. Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, as women, we're so intuitive. Yeah. We know when something feels good and when something doesn't. Yeah. And the problem with the diet culture in my industry, really, the health industry, is that as a result of throwing so many different health messages to you Mm -hmm. we've stopped listening to ourselves we've stopped listening what works for us as biochemical biochemically unique individuals yeah and so so we need to come back within we need to reconnect to our bodies and we need to figure out which foods work for us and which foods don't you cannot just become a vegan because your best friend's a vegan yeah I was just, or because it's yeah. trendy to be vegan because it is trendy. Mm-hmm. You need to be vegan because you care about that. You care about the, you know, you you need to, because it works for your body, you need to experiment with being vegan because you think that, that your energy increases when you eat plant-based, your sleep gets better, mm-hmm. your um, digestion improves. So that works for you, great. But yeah. you can't just become vegan because your best friends are vegan. Yeah, or because you have to care about animals. Some girl on Instagram, yeah, is. or some skinny girl on yeah. Instagram is. Yeah, exactly. You need to really tune in because honestly, what works for me may not work for you. We're so different. That's so true. Yeah, and I also think what's interesting though is I almost feel like now it's hard to. Some people want to find a healthy weight, but then they also want to have a balanced relationship with food. And it's almost like, I know that some people feel like they can't say they want both, I guess. They can't say like, oh, I do want to lose some weight, but I also... Well, I just think that a healthy weight is a result, becomes a result of having a healthy life Mm -hmm. and a healthy relationship with food. In my eight-week online program, which I've just launched three months ago, it's absolutely incredible to see because what I've told people to do... Have you seen it? I've I've seen it, yeah. Okay, so... Incredible. Well, it's... It's uh, we the like testimonials. It, the testimonials are cra- crazy, but one of the things that I ask people to do uh-huh. is to throw 
throw away their scale, mm-hmm. their weighing scale, what do you guys call them in LA? A scale? Yeah, a scale. For three months, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've had a complex relationship with food and your weight, you don't even know how terrifying that is for someone mm-hmm. because your weight defines your, who you are, yeah. right? Like for so many people, we rely on that number on the scale to determine our self-worth. Mm-hmm. And I ask people to throw it away. And you will not believe how much the results, the weight loss that I'm, that people are achieving, the weight loss and weight balance that people are achieving by not being fixated. Mm-hmm. So I really believe that weight loss or weight balance, I like to call, call it, is a result of the healthy life. When you start to get your hormones in check, which I talk about in the program, when you start to get your gut when you start to heal your gut, when you start to lower your cortisol levels and your stress um, and do all those other things, you will see and start to obviously eat better, which I show you how to do. You will see that your weight will balance out, right? And and I go deep. I I ask people to check their thyroid levels. I Mm -hmm. want people to check their iron levels. I want people to check how their gut is working. You know, like I'm going deep into looking at all aspects of a human body and to achieve their best weight. But honestly you also need to heal your fixation and obsession with weight and food to achieve your best weight. Completely. Do you know, because it's those people, and I was the same, when you're fixating on your weight on every kilo, or every pound, mm-hmm. and you're worried, and if you've put on a kilo, that's like, bam, I've blown it. Yeah. Now I'm just going to eat badly because, you know, this is this like tormenting cycle of mm-hmm. all or nothing. Yeah. Or being, if you're not, if you're not the perfect, you know, it's like, it's spiral. If people don't eat so perfectly or their weight's not where they want it to be. It spirals them out of control. Yeah. So that's why I ask people in this program to actually let go of the scales and you will not believe the results I'm getting. It's amazing. And I love how, I think what people don't realize is all the other things that go into your weight besides just food. Yeah. Like what you were saying before. Like when you like, study nutrition and mm-hmm. you realize the import, like how cortisol yeah. impacts your metabolism, which is a stress hormone, how now all this research is coming out about the gut, gut bacteria, yeah. different strains of gut bacteria influencing metabolism, fat burning. Mm-hmm. When you look at the thyroid gland and how much that controls, yeah. your thyroid is like, if that is not working, it doesn't matter how well you are eating or how much you're exercising you're not going to reach your most your yeah. best weight. Even if your iodine levels are low, for example, mm-hmm. or your zinc levels are low, or your selenium is low, that can have an impact. Yeah. If you're not sleeping enough, that can have an impact. If you're not eating enough of the right macronutrients, that can have an impact because we need all those different nutrients as cofactors to for our metabolism. Absolutely. So it's just, it's so yeah. much more than that. And I really have to say that reducing stress cortisol levels has got i'm telling you right now if that's all people on this podcast can just stick start with that's why the first week of my eight week online program is just reduce your stress levels because it helps you to reduce your stress around eating yeah and food and your weight and once you reduce the stress the cortisol levels everything improves your thyroid fu- your thyroid function your digestive function your clarity of mind your ability to sit down to a meal and not feel anxious and fearful. So that's the first step. Yeah, that's, and I really wanted to talk to you about that. Um, I think one of the big things that goes into that that I see a lot of girls my age struggling with, mm-hmm. which you talk about a lot, is the overexercise. Yes. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about your journey with that and yeah. kind of your approach now. Yeah, so uh, if you're if you're an obsessive with your food normally mm-hmm. you're obsessive with your exercise yeah. they kind of normally usually they go hand in hand mm-hmm. so I, I of course was this extreme fat dieter and extreme exerciser mm-hmm. but I seem to struggle with my weight like I was exercising twice a day eating like 500 calories and still not really achieving results and then yeah. when I went off to study nutrition 
And then after that, I was start. I started practicing as a nutritionist in my in a clinic, mm-hmm. and it was just the craziest thing. I would see the same thing with my patients. People were coming in, hardly eating, like really not eating a lot, and they were being honest with me, and over exercising, yeah. like crazy. And so I had this mentor, Dr. Libby Weaver, who's so amazing. If any of you want an amazing book, get her books. <laughs> She's a biochemist and a nutritionist. So if anyone knows the human body, she knows it. And she said, to, and I remember her saying to me, or t- like in her book, she talks a lot about it is it's so important to get the nervous system balanced. You have your parasympathetic nervous system, your sympathetic nervous system. And when you're in a state of sympathetic nervous system dominance, when your cortisol levels are sky high and your stress is pulsing all the time, um, and your cortisol levels are higher for long enough, Mm -hmm. the impact that that can have on fat burning is really quite incredible. Like your body will not be able to burn fat when cortisol levels are high and when your nervous system is in a state of sympathetic dominance. Yeah. And so she, so she, in her book, she said she was saying, cut back on your intense exercise, swap to more, um, moderate forms of exercise pilates walking yoga Mm -hmm. enjoy some rest days because the body over exercising can actually increase cortisol levels Mm -hmm. so i would do this with myself and my patients i would say that my patients right because these are people who are spinning boot camp running and say i want you to swap some of those with yoga pilates or brisk walking and enjoy one to two rest days they normally would look at me with absolute terror in their eyes initially but then we would come to some sort of negotiation and they would completely start to moderate their exercise. So really exercising less, but smarter. Mm-hmm. So 30 to 40 minutes a day, mm-hmm. but one to two rest days a week as well. And more feminine, restorative, moderate forms of exercise. Mm-hmm. So nothing too crazy. And the results were crazy. People were coming to my office, into my clinic a week later, more energy, deeper sleep, and their clothes were looser. Yeah. And so this became this like big, I just, it, and I'm not, I don't, it's got nothing to do with the research this. This is literally just what I saw mm-hmm. as a clinical practitioner in my practice. Like yeah. people, and I'm seeing it on my eight-week program. I'm actually, I have this movement protocol. And of course, exercise is so important. Of course, it's important for your mind and your serotonin and your dopamine and your blood and your cardiovascular system. But too much can be a problem. And everyone is different again. So if you're someone who's over-exercising, you love it and you have energy and your weight is great, cool. But for a lot of people that they're over-exercising but not achieving results, if you're someone who you feel like you're doing all the right things and you're really exercising so intensely and you're not getting the results you want, it's probably because your nervous system is out of balance and your cortisol levels are high and you can even get your cortisol cortisol levels tested. And so when I start to reduce people's exercise like I do on the eight-week program... The, the results yeah. are crazy. People are sleeping better. People's energy is higher. Their their emotional eating and the binge eating starts to decrease, and their weight starts to balance out. So I've come to the conclusion that exercise, but moderately. Really, mm-hmm. you don't need to do more than thirty minutes a day. Enjoy one to two rest days. No guilt. Yeah, the body actually likes it. The yeah. body wants to rest, and also move in ways that you love. You know, you pick something that you love and stick to that. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. And I think that one thing that I get frustrated with is like what you're saying. Other bloggers, I will hear say the same thing, but 
they're not actually practicing what they pre what they preach and they'll say guys i used to struggle with over exercising now i'm so much more balanced i only do five hit workouts a week and i only run three i only run 20 miles every two days you know what i'm saying so it almost like tricks people into thinking Mm -hmm. that what they're doing is like right is moderate yeah Yeah. when what they're doing is still yeah over exercising well i I mean i can i would love to even show your audience like in my eight-week program yeah the movement plan is really moderate (laughs) yeah and people but like i'm i'm not you know i'm really responsible with this like i don't want people to not exercise but i'm telling you that the results that i'm getting with people exercising less and more Mm -hmm. moderately and in ways that they love yeah i'm getting amazing results yeah i think that's interesting too like that's something that not enough people bring up doing something that you love because if you're exercising and you hate it because that's just going to increase your cortisol as well exactly (laughs) people use exercise as this like way to get rid of their diet sins Mm -hmm. or i ate my frozen yogurt last night my chocolate i'm gonna work it off out at the gym that's such a self-hating experience like yeah. that's such a that's such a bad relationship with yourself mm-hmm. like i'm gonna punish people punish themselves with exercise yeah. because they ate badly yeah that is no way to treat your beautiful body and the mm. moment you start to treat your body with love and respect you will not believe how much your body returns the favor yeah your body starts to listen your body starts to balance out your body starts to say thank you for treating me with respect and for caring about me and not pushing me to any sort of extreme the body your body will be thankful when you start to treat it with loving kindness yeah no that's amazing what are some other ways that you think are helpful to reduce cortisol yeah so definitely breathing uh-huh. so whether that's in your meditation practice if meditation doesn't work for you try yoga uh-huh. yoga is all about the breath mm-hmm. if you don't like that you can just commit to and i talk about this in an eight-week program you can do alternate nostril breathing or 10 to 20 deep belly breaths uh-huh. every morning and every night so okay. breathing because that we know that that really does yeah. help to reduce cortisol levels reducing your exercise caffeine caffeine has a direct impact on your cortisol levels it brings up your adrenaline which can bring up your cortisol mm-hmm. so caffeine in excess i always say the jay's health rule is one coffee a day for sure before yeah. 10 a.m but anything after that can be a problem so really start to be honest with your caffeine intake yeah and i help you to do that um and to start to reduce that because as i said that has a direct impact on cortisol levels there are a lot of dieters or people are obsessing out there who are sipping on their black coffee because yeah. it's low calorie and but like you and don't realize it to suppress their appetite appetite suppressor yeah. but you don't realize the hormonal impact that it can have and remember cortisol is a hormone yeah. so if that is out of balance a lot of other things go out of balance yeah um i call it the jay's health stress-free zone and they we program in the books going into space because we are so connected to technology in our phones 24 7 you need to switch off for 10 to 20 minutes every day just go into the zone no phone no computer go for a walk put your legs up against the wall deep belly breaths you just need to disconnect for some portion of the day i like to do it right after work so Mm -hmm. 6 p.m i just take put my phone away put it on airplane mode and go have a bath or a shower or read my book or go for a walk in nature whatever it is if you don't set boundaries in this life 
you're not going to be you're not going to yeah. be able to reduce your stress levels yeah and social media boundaries that's a really big way for me yeah that's personally. interesting i want to know what you have to say oh, about I have that such strict rules about this so uh-huh. i really try I've, I've been bad here in la because i've just had early morning meetings and i've been jet lagged but yeah. my rule normally at home is i do not check my social media or emails or technology until after my morning routine so okay. i wake up have my coffee have my healthy breakfast maybe exercise if i have time that day mm-hmm beautiful nourishing routine meditate whatever it might be yoga and then when i sit down to my desk at 8 39 o'clock ready for the day that's when the world can have me and my attention yeah that's when i check my social media that's when i'm like okay you can suck me of my energy and then the same thing happens in the evening so i've had the whole day to be there for everyone and the whole day to work and do what i need to do to get things done yeah and then 7 p.m you'll see 7 8 p.m my phone is off social media is off technology is off i make dinner for my husband and i a wholesome nutritious dinner and it's bedtime and you will not believe how my sleep has improved since doing that and how my energy has increased how i wake up in the morning like a lot of people email me every day my i wake up really tired will just switch your phone off by by switching your phone off by 6 7 p.m can really change that yeah because i do think social media can increase cortisol i think constantly checking i think for more reasons than one (laughs) like just i mean literally just the light from it alone and checking it feeling like you always and, and need comparing. to be yeah and the comparison stuff because just social media switch your phone off trust me join the tribe a lot of people are doing it now in the jay's health yeah. life like 6 7 p.m switch off yeah yeah i'm curious and also sleep talking about sleep I, yeah Eight what hours. time do, yeah what time do you go to bed and wake up I'm i feel curious. my best when i go to bed like before 11 so 10 okay, okay. i get into bed at like nine o'clock every night okay but like normally i i'll be reading or doing something yeah having a shower and epsom salt bath like i have this whole huge nighttime ritual and routine which i talk about in the books and the program because it's such an imp- it's, you can't i can't just be that nutritionist who says people sleep eight hours like the before that is so important like yeah. what are you doing before you go to bed is as important as those eight hours of sleep yeah because you need to set your mind and your body up for a good night's sleep and that Absolutely. means being careful with caffeine being careful with sugar making sure you're having your protein at dinner yeah having your magnesium having a bath putting like, like having a beautiful nourishing routine and ritual uh-huh. switching off the phone and the social media so i go to bed at like 10 11 and then wake up at about seven okay what i'm what curious, time do you oh i'm bad you what? know i'm trying no. i'm trying to get what? better i'm better now i've been going to bed at like 11 30 or midnight now and then i wake up at like 6 30 um i feel like people just do so well on seven eight hours yeah it's when they feel they're most energized well i'm at a really interesting time because i just graduated from college and this is what i want to talk to you about because college i feel like is a whole different ball game game. i don't know what university is like over there but it's very different because we don't have like it's not like our life is not consumed like you guys all it's like it's our life it's your life yeah like we just go to our classes and go home okay yeah it's intense here and that's why i want to ask you about maybe i think that's the problem is for people my age we feel such a disconnect like i can read all about these great morning routines and nighttime routines and we just have this problem being like how can i actually fit that into my day because my day is getting up early doing work going to class spending half my day in class then going home going to work then coming home doing homework until 3 a.m and doing it again Mm -hmm. you know and it's like people have such a hard time fitting in 
anything for themselves, let alone, like, it's a big deal for people to find time to cook and to work out. Um, So I think, like, we need to relieve the expectation to do it all. Yeah. So the healthy life does not mean living this perfect life. Mm -hmm. We all just need to do what we can with our life, with our life schedule. Yeah. So, like, right now I'm traveling. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do my normal, like, beautiful morning routine. Yeah. um, Eating so healthy, having my power protein the jay's health protein shake having my big green salad every day not drinking alcohol at night that i normally don't like that's not gonna that's not gonna be um what's the word it's not gonna happen yeah like that's not a fair expectation Mm because i'm traveling and i'm working while i'm traveling so i am just gonna bring in the practices that work with my current life schedule yeah so i'm traveling i'm busy most of the day i'm going from one meeting to the next fine so what can i do what can I do in my toolbox and my little yeah. health toolbox to give me the energy that I, I need to make me feel as b- the best I can. Yeah. So I can probably squeeze in a workout before my day starts. Probably I can drink water all day. I probably can eat my greens and most meals because most cafes and restaurants and colleges will give you your greens Yeah. At these days. Mm. Um, I can have my balanced plate of food most places. Yeah. Sometimes not when I'm traveling. So I'm okay with that, but I have, the tools in my box to deal with the guilt around not the not having that perfect meal. Yeah. I can still stick to my one cup of coffee a day. I can have my eight hours of sleep, probably not, maybe seven, fine. So you're just gonna take things from the healthy life that work with your schedule. Yeah. Because you can't do it all. Yeah. So I'm just asking people to to do what they can. Yeah. So you just need to pick maybe two things to change a week. Or Pick your thing, the things that most excite you about the healthy life, you know? Uh-huh. What, if, what, think, what do you think is it if you're a college student and you're so busy and you've got... What in my books or someone else's books or blogs, what there kind of resonates with you mm-hmm. and makes you think, oh, I think I could do that? Think, yeah. think about it from a reasonable place. You know, be reasonable with yourself. Do you think it's achievable? Yes. Like I was just saying, I think I can drink my water all day. I probably can do a yoga workout before my meetings. Yeah. And that's that's all I'll do. And, I st- and I'll have my glass of wine now, like, like even tonight I'm going for dinner and it's probably not going to be a perfectly healthy meal. And I probably will have a glass or two of wine and I'm probably not going to wake up feeling like I normally do and energize like I normally do, but I'm going to just work with that. And then in the morning I'll probably have some sort of healthy breakfast and some sort of workout and drink my water, you know? Do you have kind of like a priorities list? Like if you have to pick and Mm -hmm. choose, like do you prioritize the sleep issue? Because this is, this is the issue I see like people my age or for me personally, Mm -hmm. like I eat, I eat healthy. I, work out I you know I'll meditate but where where I don't do it is to sleep I'll like I'll fit everything into the day but I'll have three hours of sleep if I have to versus like that's probably not the best choice I think a priority list is a good idea yeah like I think sleep should probably be at the top (laughs) sleep food and stress okay stress reduction like you need to have a you Sleep is the cheapest and easiest way to restore your entire body yeah we are designed to have sleep that is how our cells renew mm-hmm. that is how our cells repair themselves that's how our hormones repair themselves during that time yeah. that's how our digestive system functions and slows down and digests and yeah. has a break yeah you know all that that's how our mind can slow down so we have a moment of just 
peace in our minds, sleep, and then we're ready for the next day of bombarding. Yeah. You know, that is the best and cheapest and easiest way to restore your health. Yeah. So sleep, drinking water, eating healthy food, and stress reduction. That's the priority list for me. Yeah, I think also, I mean, I feel like you could understand this because you're someone who does so many different things. Um, kid, like young adults my age, I feel like we all feel like we're doing 800 things because you, you're a full-time student, you have a job, you're doing homework, you know, you're trying to do regular life. Um, and even, you know, that's something I struggle with, trying to balance all of my stuff, you know, mm-hmm. up, and up until recently, school and a job and my blog and my podcast. Yes, and, so much. you know, it's all these different things. And I feel like everybody feels like they're just pulled in so many different directions mm-hmm. and we don't know how to set boundaries. And... I think we have to relieve this pressure that we, yeah. us women are placing on ourselves to do it all. Mm-hmm. We don't need to do it all. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to say no to yeah. things and people and situations and social environments. Sometimes I have to say no to my friends mm-hmm. and not go into that party or that social group that I might have FOMO about, but like, I can't do it all. Yeah. I can't have a successful blog or books and I can't, and have the perfect social life or you know, like we, that is, I think we're putting too much pressure on ourselves as women to do it all, to be it all. Yeah. So we've got to relieve that pressure. Like and to do it all every day. Every day. So yeah. some days you're not going to have the motivation energy to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because tomorrow or the next day you will have the motivation energy. Yeah. But give yourself a break. That day that you wake up and you just don't feel like doing, mm-hmm. fine. Like give yourself a break because that motivation energy will come back. Yeah. But the problem is we feel so guilty the moment we're not doing something yeah but we have to start acknowledging all that we do do i think that's the problem with women we don't acknowledge all the things that we do do mm-hmm. every day yeah you know for our for everyone around us our friends our family our blog community we need to start actually acknowledging more about what we do do than what we don't do yeah. and relieving the pressure to do it all and every day correct yeah and Some it goes days, yeah it goes back to like being kind to ourselves yeah we're not kind yeah we're so not kind and i just it makes me so sad like where did that come from you know what like wh- it's because we don't feel good enough yeah so that's the best and first place and that's something like in this eight-week program that's what i'm hoping is different uh-huh. is that you have to build your sense of worth your self-love this well you have to build a foundation of self-worth and self-love before you transition into anything because if you just go into the healthy life and try and start eating better and you don't have that sense of self and that sense of mm-hmm. worth, you'll fall again. Yeah. You'll eat well for a period of time, but then it will collapse and you'll binge and you'll emotionally eat and you'll eat all those bad foods again. But if you care about yourself so much, you're much more likely to continue this journey. So how does somebody do that? How do they start it's a long building process. their self-love? So that's, well, that's what I really talk about in the books and on the yeah. program, like little things, like mm-hmm. waking up to, and it sounds so boring to say now, but like just all I do every morning is I have a one to three minute gratitude practice, but that I hate even saying that because it sounds so like <laughs> overdone now. But what I do is I just think about all the things in my life that I am so grateful for. Yeah. So that, that helps me remember when you feel grateful, it builds your sense of self-worth. Yeah. Like all the things that I have and all the things that I do, I'm grateful for. So that yoga helps to rebuild your connection to yourself again, really does. Like I used to hate yoga and yoga is one of those things that it takes time to love it. Mm-hmm. But that's another way of building your connection to yourself. Yeah. 
um, saying no to people, removing yourself from toxic scenes or friendship circles that's, that bring you down. Yeah, I think that's a big one, especially yeah. in the younger age group. Okay, yeah. Because you're just surrounded mm-hmm. by sort of toxic people yeah. and toxic behaviors. Yes, yeah. so removing yourself from them and mm-hmm. hanging out with people that lift you up, yeah. that tell you how amazing you are, that make you feel your best. Like, that's just the best people to be around. Yeah. You know those people when you, like, walk out of a, their, whatever, their company and you just, like, feel so good about yourself? Yeah. Those are the people to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. And the ones that make you feel anxious or pressured or comp- you're starting to compare yourself. No, mm-hmm. you're too, you don't need that. Um, there's so many ways, meditation, um, eating well, I think eating well is just the best way to boost your self-esteem. Yeah. It's just the truth. Like the truth is when you're eating that bag of candy, you don't, you're not going to feel good about yourself. Yeah. So trying to make healthier choices will help you to build your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, like when you're at home and not traveling and yeah. sort of in a routine, what is kind of your day like? When, when I'm not working or when I am working? Like, my normal day? Um, yeah, like, maybe a working day, I guess. Yeah, so I wake up at, like, 6.37, mm-hmm. and I do this, like, healthy morning routine, just the standard, normally yoga or a walk. Um, my one-a-day coffee, the uh-huh. JS Health Power Protein Shake. Um, and then I start work about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Uh-huh. And I work like a normal person mm-hmm. in from 9.30 till 5.36, 7 uh-huh. sometimes, and I'm full on like I want to be there I'm present I want to be there for my community during those hours yeah I always have a, obviously a healthy lunch that's normally homemade um and then after work I go into the J's health stress-free zone uh-huh. where I just switch off for a period of time and then I make a healthy dinner for my husband and I and again social media switch off technology switch off we often go for a walk around the block and then I embrace a really amazing nighttime ritual and routines I do like a bath Lavender oil, candles, dim the lights, um, phones away, read my book, watch my favorite TV show because TV doesn't actually affect your sleep like a laptop does. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so my days are busy and like I have a lot on, but I don't feel stressed. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't let myself go there. And if something or someone is stressing me out, I just, just, I just, I I can identify it Uh and I think, okay, that's not making me feel good and I'll just deal with that. I think that's maybe the hardest part for people is even just identifying what's stressing them out. Yeah, and I think that takes time and age and experience, Mm -hmm. but now I'm able to identify, okay, that situation didn't make me feel good or I need to delegate more with my work or, okay, I need to take a few hours off or whatever it is. Um, For people in your program or clients you see, are there like, is there something or a few things that you think make the biggest difference for them just i think like addressing the emotional side of food and health okay like it's not just about okay here i am i'm a nutritionist eat well yeah it's like no like let's learn how to eat mindfully and consciously let's Mm -hmm. learn how to deal with stress eating let's learn how to deal with binge eating and emotionally like people are telling me on the eight-week program for the first time in 10 years they haven't binged I mean, just yeah. that in itself, like, what is going on? That just tells me that binge eating has become an, an epidemic. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, what advice do you give to people who are struggling with binge eating or cravings? Well, I can just tell you right now, binge eating is just a result 
of deprivation and restriction and a complicated relationship with food. Mm -hmm. When you restrict and you deprive, you increase your chances of binge eating, emotional eating and cravings. Yeah. When you give yourself permission to enjoy all foods, when you have a balanced approach to food, when you start to reduce the guilt around food, which I help you to do in the program in the books, your emotional eating and binge eating and overeating starts to decrease. So Uh binge eating can happen from an emotional and a physical place. Emotionally, you're restricting and depriving and you have a complex relationship with food and you're probably in some way have dabbled in the fad dieting world. And physically, you might not be eating enough during the day. Physically, you might not be satiated. You might be coming home at 5, 6 p.m., you skipped lunch and you skipped your snack because you thought you were doing your waistline a favor. And what happens is you see food, you need food, you're physically starving yeah. and you eat something and you can't, you think, oh, I've blown it. And you just eat the whole fridge and pantry. I think that's something that's really important to talk about is people need to understand why skipping meals does not help. Well, you think it is going to help <laughs> and it's not your fault that you like... You know, we're surrounded by this Hollywood model life industry where people do skip meals, but... They're probably just naturally skinny, by the way. Yeah. Skipping meal. If you're someone who is struggling with overeating, emotional eating, and binge eating, mm-hmm. you're someone who will benefit from five small meals a day, uh-huh. consistent eating, and really satiating meals. Like, for example, protein, fiber, and our good fats are our most satiating macronutrients. Yeah. They need to be at every meal, and you need to be having your two snacks in between because that is going to help you. Someone like you, you need to balance your blood sugar levels and you need to commit to consistent eating patterns to achieve results. Yeah. And I see it all the time. These people who like not eating or skipping like breakfast and skipping lunch and maybe having a little, some weird snack, they come home 5, 6, 7 p.m. and they eat the cupboard and fridge out. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering why you're having problems with your food or your weight or your emotional eating yeah. or overeating or not being able to control how much you eat. That's why. Because yeah. of the restriction and deprivation that's happening in the first half of the day. It is so much. Your body wants, I'm telling you, the body thrives off consistency. Yeah. It wants consistent meals and snacks. So what's your opinion on a balanced approach to like desserts and that kind of thing? I actually prescribe indulgence. Good. Because uh-huh. people who don't indulge or who are restriction and the restri- restricting themselves with any sort of indulgence are the ones who can't control how much of that indulgence they because you will get your hands on it. Yeah. You're, you, can restri- you can only restrict and deprive yourself of indulgence for so long. You think about it, you think about it and obsess about it in the most unhealthy way. And when you do get to an indulgence and a, pe- a chocolate bar or an ice cream, you don't know how to have three pieces of chocolate or, you- or one scoop of ice cream. Mm-hmm. You only know how to have it all because of so much restriction and deprivation and obsessing. So I actually prescribe indulgence. I actually think indulging helps people to control their relationship with food and helps them to actually feel in, feel embrace balance. Yeah, absolutely. And so I designate normally. And the truth is, after all these years, my taste buds have changed. So a healthy indulgence is much more appealing. Yeah. But I, I encourage people to pick one to two indulgences a week, whether it be a healthy treat or maybe a little bit more of an unhealthy treat. Sit down, eat it mindfully without the guilt, which I teach you how to do. And enjoy it. And you don't have to exercise then, after no, you eat and, it. And the next day, you're going to go back to your beautiful, yeah. wholesome, nourishing, healthy day and routine. Yeah. And you at least you've kicked that craving. Yeah. And you don't feel like you want to binge on it yeah, the next definitely. day. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that was the only time I'm ever going to eat it again. No, that's the thing. When you give yeah. yourself permission to eat foods, often I say this to my, I used to say this to my patients, you can have some more later or tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need to eat it all now. Yeah. 
that relieved people a lot that's yeah no that's so interesting i think also another piece that you touch on which i love a lot is you know the gut and how do people balance their gut my like their right. gut flora and you know heal that like do you have tips for yeah so it's a complicated journey and i love to trial things with people so um giving up gluten for a trial period mm-hmm. does definitely significantly help people to repair their guts because mm-hmm. gliadin, and the protein in gluten does does seem to affect things probiotics under the guidance of a health practitioner can do wonders for people you need to be guided by a nutritionist or a naturopath or a doctor to help you find the right probiotic for your different for your symptoms Mm -hmm. getting rid of sugar because sugar feeds the bad bacteria refined sugar so really starting to reduce that and swapping to the healthier kinds or the more natural kinds upping your fiber intake people on low carb diets Mm-hmm. Are the ones who are struggling because they're not getting enough of that fiber to feed. Fiber feeds the good bacteria in your gut. Yeah. So you need to load up on your fibers. So if you're not eating carbs, you need to find other ways. You know, your fruits and your dark leafy greens and your beans and your legumes and your psyllium husk and your chia seeds, and your flax seeds, all those things. You need to make sure you're having those to feed the good bacteria. So yeah. prebiotic foods. Um, and probiotic rich foods kind of and I kind of like people supplementing the probiotics more yeah it's better to, it's easier to control reducing stress yeah we know Huge that people one. with high cortisol levels have um, are more likely to experience IBS which is irritable bowel syndrome yeah so immediately yoga deep belly breaths stress-free zone eight hours of sleep less caffeine social media detoxes all those things they've got to be a priority people when people make those changes you will not believe how their gut function improves oh absolutely i i had um small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and i swear like yeah stress is yeah 80 percent of that definitely um definitely um i'm curious are there any trends right now in the health and wellness world that are kind of bothering you I think people who choose to be vegan just need to be careful. I have so much respect for vegans, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing it for ethical reasons, for animals, for the because you're feeling better on it, whatever it might be. Uh-huh. But I'm concerned about them because you are going to be missing out on the key nutrients. Yeah. And so, like, the B vitamins, the zinc, the iron, the B12, um, sometimes iodine because of the seafood, iron... Yeah. So a lot of people say, but I've had my levels checked and it's fine. Sometimes doctors don't check them properly, by the way. But I just want you guys to monitor. Everyone who's listening who's vegan, perfect, amazing. I have so much respect for that. You just need to monitor not just your blood results, but how you're actually feeling. Yeah. Check on that energy. Is your energy good? Is your sleep good? Is your gut good? Are you feeling satiated after eating every meal? You need to tune in and see how you're feeling. I'm really glad you bring that up because I... I'm really passionate about that too and I think that a lot of times people they'll say they feel great but they just aren't being honest with themselves and they don't want it it turns into they feel guilty to say that they don't feel Mm -hmm. great and also like how you're saying do you actually feel satiated so many people just kind of fill up on volume with vegetables and it's not real satiety you know because it's not real yeah enough yeah just to like fill physically. So I guess that's my only concern. You need yeah. to really tune into how you're feeling and really think carefully about yeah how you are feeling and if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, I think all of them. They're all very extreme. <laughs> yeah. I think anything that seems super extreme is like people yeah. should be wary of. 
what do you think that's like what's a trend that bothers you um i think right now keto is becoming really really trendy and what's hard for me is i actually um like i've used a ketogenic diet before i like have done that to help heal my stomach but I think it's turned into something different in the media than, like, for example, I used it to gain weight when I lost it. Yeah. Um, I used it to gain weight and really balance out. I had really bad insulin resistance, and, you know, I did it with my doctor, and um, I don't think... I think that all of a sudden it's getting really trendy in the media, and people are just saying, I'm going to go ketogenic, and they're using it as an excuse to eat one meal a day yeah. and not enough food and turn off their... Mm. You know, people are taking exogenous ketones, and it's turning into this really extreme thing, and yeah. I'm just like, whoa, let's yeah. still eat meals, let's still eat enough food. Yeah, because like, now going just to, like, yeah. drinking. Yeah. Drinking, um, like, the, the Bulletproof coffee. The Bulletproof coffee, I using the Bulletproof coffee just to not eat until dinner, and then not eating, you know, I think that... I think everyone just needs to be careful. Yeah, people need to be careful of anything that just seems too Much. extreme. And also, I mean... Also, because they normally just short-term things. Yeah. People... People are only able to commit to them short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that also the exercise thing for me is something that because I have a history of over exercising, that was something I struggled with a long time. And so I'm super passionate yeah. about because I just see it everywhere. And it kills me when I see these bloggers posting their workout routines, things that I know are really triggering. I have to unfollow so many people because I know it's triggering for me. Yeah, um, so that's good that you've tuned into Yeah, that. and these girls will post their workout routines and it's 10-mile warm-up and then 50-minute strength training and then two-mile cool-down and, like, they're doing this every single day and then they go on their, then they go on social media and they say... I used to struggle with over-exercising, and now I found balance. And so it's confusing to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. And I just wish everybody would, because I just want to be like, this person's still over-exercising. Yeah, but they, like, and these young girls probably don't realize that. Yeah, they don't. You know, and it's yeah. hard, and I understand what it's like. I mean, that's how I got into disordered eating and exercise, because I was so unhealthy, and then I was just trying to be healthy. Yeah. And so where do I look? magazines and instagram and yeah. the internet and these people are telling me this is healthy yeah. and i'm like okay because yeah. i didn't grow up eating doing anything healthy mm-hmm. in my life and so i can see how somebody with genuine intentions just to mm-hmm. live a healthier lifestyle accidentally just falls into mm-hmm. you know disordered eating and yeah. over exercising and just i mean it can be destructive long term no, and it especially people younger people we have so much so much access to so much information at once and it's hard to tell what you can trust and what you can't and we're dedicated mm-hmm. and um we'll stick to rules and i don't think people realize how much damage they can cause really early on mm. you know like i i see it now because i see what happened to my hormones and my weight, and i'm gonna pay a long time it's gonna take me a long time to re like fix my gut and heal from the things that i you know kind of did to myself unknowingly mm. trying to be healthy yeah. and i just want other people to yeah understand i want pe- that. people need to know that there are consequences to treating a body yeah. with restriction and deprivation yeah exactly i, I- think anything that feels so hard and extreme and like scary and daunting know, yeah it's not the way and that's why like i hope that jay's health brings relief and comfort to people because there is a better and easier way that yeah. there is a really nice balanced way to achieve your best life health and body 
Exactly. And doesn't, it does not mean ever needing to be on a diet again. Yeah. And that's why I absolutely love your books and your program. Thank so you. why don't you tell people? <gasps> Maybe we can offer all of these special people a discount. Yeah. Well, could we do that? Can we? Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Okay. I'll, I'll think of a really cool, maybe like we can talk about after yeah. like a really good discount for people because I think it's about 92 American dollars okay cool yeah but I'm happy to give all these special people who are listening a amazing. really good discount oh my god that would be amazing I think eight weeks and so people, people. Are, you can ha- head on to my Instagram JS Health to see the transformations mm-hmm. that yeah. people are experiencing yeah and the second book's only on the first and second book can, you can only get on Amazon right now okay and what's the difference between the first and second book so the first book is really just my nutrition philosophy when I came out of school here's what I learned this is the, the these were the principles that helped to heal me and the ones that I learned during nutrition school mm-hmm. like really powerful ways to heal your body yeah um the second book hones much more in on relationship with food much more practical steps mm-hmm. to achieving a healthier life and healthier body it's got an eight-week program like a very brief eight-week program in there whereas the online version actually is much more intense and transformational yeah um the second book has a lot more salad vegetarian vegan based options mm-hmm. which obviously just inspired by living in LA but like just lots of amazing sides like veggie yeah. sides obviously there's lots of amazing proteins in there as well yeah but there are, I'm just saying there are more vegetarian uh-huh. recipes in there probably um whereas the first book is like such great proteins yeah and like this my like my go-to everyday meals are in both I guess okay amazing um, yeah the second book is also a bit more specific lots lots more on hormones lots more on gut lots more on emotional eating binge eating yeah and creating a better lifestyle i would say in the online program how exactly does that work so someone signs up and then do they get access into a group yeah so there's this online forum which is amazing it's created Mm -hmm. this beautiful community i'm kind of on there all day it's hard for me when i'm traveling but mostly i'm on there every day all day answering their questions so you kind of get this personal nutritionist with you through the eight weeks um and just holding your hand through this trans transformation and this journey. And so every week there are four pillars. There's, um, so the first pillar is heal your body. So my top nutritional principles to help heal your body. So one week might be stress. The next week might be gut. The third week might be hormones. The fourth week might be weight balance, whatever it might be. The second pillar is intuitive cooking. So I provide lots of cooking videos to show you how to make simple, easy meals. The third is lifestyle. So lifestyle adjustment. And the fourth is, is, healing your relationship with food okay so exercises to connect back with your body to relieve the stress and anxiety and the fear around food and i mean just from i find myself i i go back to your books a lot like i'll just sometimes i just look i know certain pages i look back to and like yeah no they're really amazing so you you guys should definitely go on amazon well well, well, can you put like a discount into the podcast yeah definitely yeah i'll put it into the show notes and then when i record the outro i'll also add it in and then they can also go to your website you have a ton of recipes on your website yeah Yeah. Um, and they mostly suit all the people with their yeah intolerances gluten-free dairy-free sugar-free all those things amazing okay well thank you so much for for talking i loved that was like just discussing all things that we love yes amazing such a darling for having me thank you oh my gosh thank you okay how incredible is jessica i seriously she just I don't even have words. She inspires me so much and she's just incredible and an amazing wealth of knowledge and just so loving and caring and kind and just a great person. So definitely check her out. 
like we said, you can get her books on Amazon, The Healthy Life and Living the Healthy Life. Both of those are amazing. You can also head to her website, jessicasapel.com. You can look her up on Instagram, JS Health. And also, she is so generous and is giving a discount code for listeners if you want to take part in her JS Health eight-week program, which is on her website. And it is truly an incredible program. If you're having any, if you just need any kind of support, I would definitely look into it. It's honestly, your health is something worth investing in. And it's not that big of an investment thanks to this discount. So she is giving you guys as listeners a 20% off discount code. So Enter the code JESSLA, J-E-S-S-L-A, and that will give you 20% off. So that is just very kind of her. Thank you, Jessica, for giving us that. So it would be $88 for the program with that discount code. Yeah, I'm just on cloud nine. Love this episode. Hope you guys liked it. Please leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this please join our Facebook group, join the community, show us some love, send me in any questions you want me to answer or topics you want me to talk about. You can send them into actuallyadultish.com or actuallyadultish at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, all that jazz. Okay, you guys are the best. Have a great day. Bye.